You are listening to the Complete Developer Podcast, the podcast by coders for coders about all aspects of creating your best life as a developer. I'm Will, the accomplished developer and aspiring software architect. And I'm Beej, the advancing journeyman developer. Complete Developer Podcast is supported by listeners like you. We are now on Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Complete Developer Podcast. To start this episode, I have a quote from Ludacris. I'm a perfectionist, so I always feel there's room for improvement. It's all well and good to engage in self-improvement, but there's a lot more to it than merely getting better at things. You can be the best at anything and still be the best at the wrong thing. You'll be completely misguided in how you use your talents, going entirely the wrong way with your life. You need to develop a better strategy that puts the results of your hard work to work for you. We're going to talk about what you need to know to get the best out of your self-improvement. But before we get started, Will, what have you been fighting this week? Well, I'm back into the swing of things after two days of being unable to leave the neighborhood, actually being unable to leave my driveway with my car um, because we had snow last week. And for people that aren't from the South, you don't realize that snow is basically kind of like a small slice of the apocalypse down here, because usually what happens is the ground is slightly warmer than it needs to be for stuff to stick. And so the stuff will melt and then freeze and then you get snow on top of it so you actually have a layer of ice oh yeah and my driveway is very steep so there just was no getting out uh, for a couple of days and so i was stuck here at the house crazy productive while i was here i mean really really productive worked through lunch both days forgot to eat lunch like i got locked in on the code and just went yeah, I set a timer for myself to go off at around twelve thirty, and so I used I to do that, to do that. Uh, when I worked. You know, when I worked from home all the time because I knew I would forget, and I'd forgotten that I would forget. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Like I said, crazy productive. Then I get back, and my productivity has been in the toilet since last Thursday. So Thursday, Friday, and today, pretty awful as far as getting stuff done. It was actually kind of it was normal. I didn't realize how bad normal was until I had the abnormal and was working from home. Um, and it it's really makes a good case for working from home. And I'm going to try to push that at some point. Uh, work is overloaded and I'm hoping they'll eventually get another senior.net developer, although that doesn't seem to be moving very fast. Um, in the meantime, I may be able to get some overtime out of them. That's what I'm hoping. So how about you? I uh, just spent some time in training and came back after basically 10 days of not working on a project. And I started early, was getting a lot done. I forgot about the interruptions and the, oh, hey, this other thing needs your attention because I'd been time off working on my own stuff and then in training, completely focused there, not interacting with anybody from the office except for who was in training with me. So, you know, I'm stressed already trying to get everything done and built for the sprint because of the short weeks um, being off and in training. And then a couple other things are like, oh, hey, this other this other app needs you to come in and see what's wrong with it. And we, we need to have a meeting about this. And it's just, it's been a while since that has been an issue. So I understand what you're talking about, where it's like you, you get going and you're used to that kind of pace. But yeah. then when you're out of it for a while... It really just throws you off. I will say, I went to one of my favorite breweries here in town, Tailgate, for trivia last week, and I made a new friend. 
the guy that was meeting me ended up unable to make it. Uh, we had some snow. He was a little bit sick and just decided not to come out. Uh, the same thing happened for this other guy there. So we ended up teaming up. Uh, he's a geography teacher and coaches the first Lego league at his school. That said, we're going to talk about the league for IOTs. This week for IOTs is something a little bit different. We're going to talk about the first Lego League. This was founded by Dean Kamen, the founder of FIRST, or For Inspiration and Recognition of Science and Technology, and Keld Kirk Christensen. This is a platform for children to use Lego Mindstorm Robotics to solve real problems that are facing the world today. Each team has an adult coach that guides them in designing, building, and programming a robot to compete in their annual competition. The program encourages students to learn how to apply what they learn from their STEM classes to real-world problems. The 2017-2018 challenge is hydrodynamics, where students this year are learning about water resources such as finding, transporting, using, and disposing of water. It's a really cool thing, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Who's talking to us this week? Well, we got a tweet from James Bell. It says, at Complete Dev Pod, MRW, that means my re- reaction when, you follow back. I recommend you guys to coworkers and everyone else in getting into tech as much as coding blocks. And below the comment, there was a gif of a guy freaking out excited. It was really awesome if you saw that tweet. Um, I was on Twitter the other day and realized we hadn't been very good about following our listeners. So I've been going through trying to, to give some follow backs and things like that. James, we want to say thanks. We really enjoy what we do. And uh, honestly, we recommend the guys over at Coding Blocks almost as much as we recommend our own show, too. There, there's some great guys. We're, we've become friends with them. And um, yeah, I enjoy listening to their podcast. I know Will does as well. Uh, a lot, it's really funny because sometimes we'll end up having similar topics even though we haven't communicated that with each other. It's just, you know, what's... What's in the air. Yeah, apparently. Send us a direct message with your contact information because we've got a Complete Developer Water Bottle just for you. Guys, if you'd like your very own Complete Developer Water Bottle, leave us a review in iTunes or comment on the website or any of our social media. We post all of our episodes to Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Google+. We're also on Path and Tumblr and now even have a few photos on Instagram. You can check us out each week on Facebook Live and Twitter Live, where we talk about what's going on in the tech world and answer some listener questions before we record on Monday nights. Join the conversation anytime via Slack by going to slack.completedevelopernetwork.com. So one of the central themes of this podcast from the beginning is that we all need to be continuously improving ourselves and using those improvements in an intelligent fashion so that we can live our best lives as software developers. In fact, I think that's our tagline at the moment, something (laughs) along those lines. Uh, However, if you look into how effective most so-called self-help literature is, you'll often hear that most of it doesn't really work very well. Well, a lot of it is pop psychology. Yeah. And it's not meant to work well. It's meant to sell books. Yeah, it's meant to sell books and to occasionally stimulate the placebo effect, Um, which is fine. You know, if you get an effect, it's it's an effect. But uh, 
Um, if you follow the ideas in many of the books, you'll get results that are advertised in the cover if you follow them you know, strictly. Um, whether it's advice on dieting, investing, or on learning a new skill, most self-help books have a pretty sad history of only slightly improving one's life, even if you do follow them to the letter. Because it's not just the skill that this is mm -hmm. about. I mean, it doesn't have to be that way, provided that you have a systemic way of looking at self-improvement that lets it actually work. In this episode, we're going to be talking about general principles of self-improvement that you can apply in almost any case to help you reach your bigger, longer-term goals. We're going to use examples from dieting, learning to code, and financial planning to help you understand what we're getting at here. So to start us off, we're going to start talking about why most self-improvement is broken. Yeah. So if you start out and you visualize going to the bookstore and you're going to go to the self-help section, okay, you should get there yourself, right? Not ask for help to get to the self-help because that would that's kind of wrong, <laughs> I guess. Um, but let's say you go into that section, right? You got books on like weight loss, how to how to deal with your mother-in-law better, right? You get, you get all these kind of things and it's like, well, do people actually want to lose weight? Do they want to deal better, you know, deal with their mother-in-law better? Do they want to, uh, do they want to be rich? And I would tell you the answer to that is, is probably not. There's some other goal that that enables, right? right. I, I want to lose weight and be healthier so that I'm more attractive to the people that I am attracted to. Right. And scarier to the people that you want to be scarier to. <laughs> either way. Either way, yeah. Yeah. Right? Like, like honestly, if, if you were totally ripped and you weighed 1,000 pounds, or you were totally ripped and you weighed 40 pounds, but you were built the same right. size-wise. In other words, if you, were, if you were totally cut and you were on the moon or you were on Jupiter, the weight is not the thing here, right? It's you want to look better when you walk by the mirror on the way to the shower. And this is why I changed my goal between last year and this year. To get to the moon? Right. Exactly. Because <laughs> last year, it was just, just get into... Just weight you know, loss. Yeah. And this year, it's just get to the moon because it's yeah. easier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I changed my goal from losing a certain amount of weight to losing a pant size. Yeah. Because I may not lose as much weight as I want, but still get the effects that I really want. Yeah. And the effect is the thing that you want. Um, you know, we talk about the, the SMART goals a lot. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've brought that up like what a hundred times because you know that's sort of a core tenant think really, about we could rename the podcast the smart goals podcast and you know it probably fit yeah. most places but the the thing is is you go after those smart goals and you're you're going after those so that it's measurable and it's attainable and, and all this stuff but you're really wanting something beyond the goal right the smart goals if you if you would uh like it's like the thing you're going for is composed of the smart goals right and so self-improvement is broken because at the end of the day, it's going after a symptom rather than the actual problem. Right. Yeah. You're back to the weight thing that I was talking about. My goal year before last was to lose a certain amount of weight, which I didn't actually hit. I came close, but I didn't hit. My goal this year is to drop a pant size, which is really what I want. Right. I want to lose the weight to be in better shape, to look better, feel better. So exactly. I changed that goal. To not be a symptom of the problem, but to actually go for what I really want. And another place that self-improvement falls down, or at least your self-help type books, is integration with the rest of your life. In other words, you achieve this goal, you do this thing, and how does that fit with the rest of your life? Dieting is a prime example of that, um, you because know, I'm doing the low-carb thing, right? Like, I bought six cookbooks um, right after Christmas for cooking, you know, doing like low-carb this, low-carb that, including like low-carb bread, which is 
strange some of the stuff they put in that. I'm like, I'm not sure what that's going to do to my gut. You know, yeah, my my stomach may be making whale noises if I try this, but we'll we'll see, (laughs) right? But one thing I noticed with all those books, yeah, okay, I've noticed with these books is that you you get them and it's like, oh, here is a low carb lunch, and the low carb lunch has got like 20 ingredients. And it's something that you can't heat in a microwave at work. It's like, oh, this is a salmon something something that has to be eaten hot. Okay, I'm going to take that to work and heat that up in the microwave and everybody's going to hate me. And it's going to be rubbery. Like, they don't think about how, you know, this is the one thing that you're doing, but it doesn't integrate with the rest of your life. And, you know, exercise books are bad for this. Diet books are bad for this. Financial advice is real bad for this. Right. It's it's not looking at what you're doing the rest of the time. It is only looking at its yeah. particular piece yeah. of the puzzle. It's it's like, you know, it's or, you know, martial arts books. I mean, you and I both have consumed quite a few of those. And if you look at like the training regimen, it's like, oh, hey, yeah, spend four hours a day doing this. It's like, yeah, I'll go live in a monastery. Well, I don't have that kind of time. I mean, I've thought about doing that. Yeah, I have too, you know. but, you know, <laughs> but but you look at it and it's like, you know, my life is an integrated whole. It's not just this one little slice of stuff. And a lot of self-help fails to integrate well. Along those same lines, it doesn't really have a sustainable path forward. Because if it's not able to integrate into your life, then you're not going to be able to keep doing it. Right. And I, I think of roller coaster dieting. Yeah. My father was the worst about this. Because he could lose weight like nobody's business. Like, I, I remember at times he got up, like, he's 6'4", but he'd get up, you know, 300, 350 pounds, like, really big. And then he'd drop down to under 200. Yeah. And he would go on a diet, he'd lose a lot of weight, and then he would just say, oh, I've lost the weight, now I can eat what I want. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, going back to the diet thing, right? Like, okay, you can do... You know, because there's some diet programs and, mm-hmm. and we know, I, you know, I know people that run diet programs. I know several people that have those. And a lot of them are like, okay, eat like this super healthy, like super, you know, it's, it's low fat, it's low carbs, it's, it's all this stuff and exercise like three hours a day. And people get in these programs, they do it for a couple of months and then they get out. And that isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. Like no. you cannot do that the rest of your life. And this is why I really don't like the term dieting. Yeah. Like, I, I don't tell people. And it's a lifestyle modification. Right. It's really what you want. It's it, not a diet. Um, another thing where self-help falls down is not giving you a logical idea of what to do with the improvements once you have them. So, one thing I see with a lot of folks is, the you know, especially financial stuff, this is a big one. They get out of debt. You know, they grew up, you know, especially like you get, you know, lower middle class to mid middle and they, they have debt. They work their way out of it. They get out of the debt and they've got extra money now. And the program stops. Oh, yeah. And they're like, oh, you're out of debt. You're fine. And it's like, this isn't the end of the road. This is the middle. Do you know how many doctors and lawyers are in huge amounts of debt? Yeah. And not student loan debt because they got out and were making really good money and they had more money than they knew what to do with. So they lived to their means and then wanted more. Right. You know, even if they had a really great plan on, all right, I'm going to get my student loans paid off, they get them paid off. And then all of a sudden. Yeah. They don't have a plan going forward. And that's the big thing I see with a lot of self-help books. It's it's like, okay, yes, this is a problem. Here's how you fix the problem. But when you get to the end, there's nothing, you know, like you got to have something else. You know, once you've gotten the problem and you've overcome it, like you should be going for the next thing. Come join my $20 a month community where we'll talk about that. 
And then that I, I'm, I'm joking because the next point Will has on here is that doesn't give you a community to work with over the long term. Yeah. And I know a couple of people that wrote self-help books specifically to drive traffic into and their you, recurring communities. Yeah. And you and I had a discussion about that. Yeah. Um, and I know exactly which one you're talking about. Um, good podcast, but they they do that. And it's like, I'm not going to pay a hundred bucks a month to be in your community. Like, there's no community I'm going to pay you a hundred bucks a month to be in. I don't even pay that for my HOA, dude. <laughs> you know, let's, you know, ease up a little bit. That's uh, that's a fair bit. And, you know, the thing is, is it's not just there's no community, but there's not a set of, there's not a network. There's not local people that, you know, you're, you're learning stuff on your own. Like, what are you going to do with it? That's another thing that self-help really falls down on. Now that we've bashed a lot of self-help. Oh, we RM-RF'd it. We yeah, didn't just we did. bash it. Yeah, I know. Well, whichever one, now that we, we've said some mean things about it, we're going to talk about what you need to do before engaging in self-improvement. Basically, this is the planning phase. Yeah. And the first thing is, is have a why. In other words, you don't go, I want to be able to, you know, I, I want to lose 20 pounds. Why? Right? Because there's a lot of stupid reasons you could lose 20 pounds. And the why also helps you do it in the same way. You, you realize you could lose 30 pounds by cutting off one of your legs. However, <laughs> that's probably not the way you want to do that. Because, you know, if one thing, you can only do that twice. Right? That's, that's not a good way to approach it. You want to have a why. I want to lose weight so I look better. Uh, I want I to could, look better so that other things will work well. I could probably uh, lose 20 pounds just by shaving. Yeah, you probably could. <laughs> Just your back. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and the nice thing is, is you could donate the extra hair for the next Star Wars movie. For, you know, there's going to be some other Wookiees. Well, probably an Ewok, really, because they're short. <laughs> anyway, uh, but you want to have a why. You want to have not just this goal, but like the next goal and how this fits into the constellation of goals that are getting you going in a certain direction. It's a it's a big chunk of movement, not just this one little thing. Oh, exactly. This is why I changed goals between last year and this year on the lose a pant size, because it wasn't about the losing of weight. It was about the looking healthier, being thinner. Right. And that was the real goal. That was the why. So that became the goal. Um, another thing is to have milestones for your success. Yeah. And this is one I see with people um, a lot that are doing language learning. And you, you and I both, you know, running in martial arts circles. You, you know how many guys we knew that were learning Japanese? Yes. I mean, there's, there's like every time you throw a stick, there was, there was another guy learning Japanese. I, you know, sometimes I wonder what percentage of the Japanese speaking population is mid 20s white dudes from suburbia <laughs> because it has to be it like it's got to be double digit percentages just out of like the social circle of people we knew and then look at it what what were their goals well they're learning japanese did they talk to the people at the sushi restaurant did they have somebody in their social circle they could talk to and go okay by this point i will be able to have a conversation about the weather with my japanese neighbor and the answer to that is almost always no no, most of them, they're, the closest thing to a milestone was being able to watch an entire anime without looking at the subtitles. Yeah. And I mean, and that's potentially okay, but that wasn't a milestone that they even consciously said, okay, I want to be at this point, right? Right. They had no guidance on the goal of, you know, here's what I want to do with this skill. Mm -hmm. And along the same lines, 
you want to have a reward for yourself in mind. Yeah. So when I successfully do this, what am I going to do? I'm, you know, hey, I'm learning Japanese. I'm saving up while I'm learning Japanese because once I feel like I'm at a certain level, I'm going to fly to Japan and go hang out mm-hmm. for a while. That's reasonable. Um, going, I'm going to learn Japanese and then I'm going to sit here in Podunk, Mississippi. And not speak to any Japanese people. Like, that's pretty sad. Like, that doesn't really guide the goal. And so, you want to kind of set up a reward um, just as a recognition of the milestone, but also be a thing that the milestone works towards. I know this is this is interesting because I was thinking about it just today. I was thinking about something you had said about how you had set a goal. And when you reached it, you'd buy yourself a bottle of Jack and you'd drink Jack and Coke for a month. Yeah. Um, and then you're like, realistically, it was about two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, that's, uh, that's been a while. Yeah. Now, it was- now I think if I had a fifth of Jack, I think it would last like four months. Yeah. No. <laughs> you know, it's just not. <laughs> but I was just, I was thinking about that because now that the snow is gone, I'm starting to be able to work towards my goals this year, especially on the weight part. And I was thinking, all right, well, what I should do is give myself some rewards. Well, some of the best rewards for me are, you know, going out to a really cool restaurant, alcohol. In other words, know. stuff that, that damages your goal. Right. Yeah. So I was trying to think of rewards that wouldn't damage the goal. And that's something that I wanted to talk about was you really need to make sure your reward is congruent, is congruent with your goal. With your goal. Uh, what, one thing that I came up with was going to see a movie. I really enjoy going to the movie theater. and It's like a whole event for me. I can go to the movie theater and it not disrupt my goal. Exactly. Um, another another thing you need to do is have a next goal once this goal is achieved, right? You're talking about losing a pant size. If that's the end-all, be-all goal, then what? Oh, no, that's not the end-all, be-all goal. The end-all, be-all goal is to be able to look like Jason Momoa and then dress up as Cal Drogo for Halloween one year. So you can be like old Drogo. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we like the gray beard. <laughs> like, if he'd have lived, this is. Oh, sorry, I spoiled it for somebody. <laughs> they have to know by now. Another thing you need to do is is have a plan to uh, find and integrate yourself into a community that's on the same mission. In other words, your your way of achieving this goal probably isn't going to provide you with a community. You've got to go find one or build one. You you hit what I was about to say, which was. If you can't find one, you build one. Yeah. Because that's what you and I did. Yeah. We we got involved in a community that we liked, the Code Newbie community, when they were going a different direction of where we wanted to go with, with our community. We broke off from them. It was an amicable split. We're still friends with them. Um, wish them the best. I, I, if someone wanted to start a Code Newbie group here in Nashville, we would do everything we could to help them out. Yeah. But... We wanted to go a different direction because our goals were different than theirs. But it was good that we had a community going in and that we sought that out. Yeah, we learned a lot from them and don't deny any of what we gained from them. But if you go out and there's not a community... You're going to have to make one. Yeah, build one. There are other people wanting what you've got that are looking at it going, I wish there were a community for this. Yeah. And that's what we said. But... We're the type that goes, I wish there was a community for this. Let's build it. Yeah. And you may have to be that person. And you may find people that are looking at it going, I wish there was a community that did this. Because that's what we found. We we have a whole group of friends that we developed because 
of developer launchpad. Yeah. Uh, another thing you need to do is look for a swarm of goals that complement each other instead of a single goal. So like we'll use your example of pant sizes, right? It's not just, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to lose a pant size. I'm going to get where I can lift this much. I'm going to cook low carb for myself for this many nights a week and, and stay with that. I'm going to improve my sleep, you know, and you get, you get five or six things that complement each other. Um, and there's a lot of reasons to do this. One is, is, is just congruent, right? Like you're going, okay, I'm going to lose weight by denying food or whatever, you know, whatever your approach is, or I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to eat out all the time, but I'm going to lose weight. Like that, that's kind of tricky. Whereas if you get five or six things, it's easier to keep it all together. Right. I mean, and if you look at our goals for the year, no, it's interesting because the weight loss is one of my not congruent goals with the ones that I listed. Right. Because most of mine were around writing, like blogging more, speaking, you know, working on a book, those types of things. Those were the sort of theme of my goals for this year. And the weight loss is, is sort of a overall healthy thing that I want to do. Yeah. But, I mean, you had somewhat of a theme for yours as well. Right. And, you know, the thing, um, the thing also with having multiple goals is most things follow a Pareto type curve. In other words, 20% of the effort gets you 80% of the results. And so if you, if you have a single goal, you know, and you go, okay, I'm going to go 100% on this thing, and this is the only thing. At some point, if you get a little burnout, you drop, you drop down, like you lose, it seems like you lose so much more versus having, you know, five or six goals that you do reasonably well. I'll be honest. I've been applying the Pareto principle a lot Yeah, at work because I'll be working on something or automating something, especially, and I'll automate it and I'll be like, oh, there's these handful of edge cases and I'll, I'll look at them and I'll go, all right, well, it'll take me about 10 minutes to code in the stuff that I need for those edge cases, or I can try and figure out how to include them in the automation, which will take me a day and a half. Let me just hand code them in. Yeah. And I, I even have that in my code where I'm like, you know, this is here because it is the 20% that didn't get done by automation. It was easier to just code it than do that. Yeah. And so understanding that each of these things is kind of probably distributed on a Pareto curve um, as far as effort over results, if you have five or six of them, it works better than having one and just going, you know, really hardcore on it. Plus, you know, going really hardcore on just one thing will absolutely burn you out. Like I've done that with the low carb dieting and I go, I go pretty low on the carbs just in general. Um, but when you, you know, when I've gone just, just full bore on that and that's the only thing I last about two weeks mm -hmm. because after that I'm, I'm, I'm sick of eating, you know, the same things. Over and over again, I'm really sick of eating eggs. Whereas if I go, okay, I'm going to mostly try to, you know, like say, you know, the majority of the time go low carb, but not just go, you know, crazy with it. I can keep going like that forever. It's the same thing with working out. You know, you can go to your max, you know, for a little while, but you get injured, you get all these other things. Whereas if you're like, hey, I'm just going to work out every day or every, you know, three times a week and lift fairly well, but not just push myself all the way to the wall, you'll get a whole lot you get a whole lot more sustainable results. And if you're doing two or three things at once, it gets multiple dimensions of it too. And they reinforce each other. Speaking of doing multiple things and adding to your goals. Next, we're going to talk about how to handle the start of your next improvement task. So um, one thing I like to do is, is 
kind of have a countdown to a kickoff. I mean, there's some things you start immediately, right? Like if you're doing stuff that's damaging you, you you start immediately, right? Like if you're if you're drastically overeating or you're drinking too much or you're doing you're doing something really negative, you know, you probably want to go ahead and pull the cord on that one. If you're not eating super healthy and you're eating a little too much fast food, you may want to go, okay, I'm going to have a countdown to this. And it's so like the day before, I'm going to go and I'm going to get my last, you know, Hardy's Monster Thick Burger <laughs> before I go on my low-carb diet. No, no, what you did before you went low-carb. Uh, no, I had uh, I had an entire pizza. <laughs> you would. <laughs> Forget what else in a mountain, in a big mountain do. And some cookies, some chips. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. But, you know, you, you kind of plan ahead and you do the thing. You have to be careful with this, too, though, because... Sometimes you'll go, all right, I'm going to start this. And I'm really bad about I'm start this in three days. And then three days or two and a half days comes up and go, you know, tomorrow's not real good. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad about, all right, I'm going to start working out next week. I'll start on Monday, go into the gym. <laughs> and then and, it snows. Yeah. And then it snows. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll just, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll start next Monday when I could really effectively have started on Wednesday. Yeah. You know, and so you got to be careful about not well, imposing um, unnecessary. Yeah, one thing I've also on done with this is is start before the kickoff, and so you go okay, uh, like with weightlifting, right? I'm gonna have a you know good heavy routine that you know makes me stronger. That's not mm-hmm. you know right up to the ragged edge, but that's that's challenging. Yeah. But I'll say okay, I'm starting that in two weeks, but for the next two weeks, I'm gonna do this lighter routine. So that I'm not sore after the first time I do the heavy one. You know, and, and you do things like that. Another thing, probably the last thing on a countdown to kickoff is sometimes you want to set a baseline. Yeah. And so one thing I've noticed is when I start eating healthier, I like to track what I'm doing. And I will eat healthier just because I'm tracking it. And it, it won't be the massive improvements that I'm wanting. It's similar to you kind of starting two weeks ahead and just doing a little bit of lifting to get yourself ready for the heavier stuff. Yeah. And it also gets a lot of the quirks out of the way, right? Like if, if I go in my workout area right now, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to do some lightweight. Oh wait, there's all this crap in the floor that if I was going in there and the first day I'm going to lift heavy and there's all this stuff, I'm not going to lift heavy that day. You know, so some of it is just kind of, you know, you have to game the way you, you start things. Mm -hmm. So the next point on here, Will has is torching the bridges. Yes. And so, like, if you're starting with a low-carb diet, you get the candy out of the house. Yeah. You, you know, you stop stocking up on beer, those kind of things, where you, you know, w- when you're doing the thing that you're supposed to be doing, you don't really have the other options. And this is something that I've done for myself basically ever since I moved out on my own. When you and I were roommates, it was hard to do because you would buy food and I would eat it. I know. <laughs> but uh, when I was out on my own, I realized... If I didn't have cookies and candy and things like that around, I wasn't going to go to the store and buy them. Right. I just wouldn't eat them. I would eat what was there. And so if I surrounded myself by healthier foods, like if I wanted something sweet, if I had a banana or an apple and I didn't have anything else, yeah, I'd eat the, the apple or banana. Yeah, and you'd still be happy. Right. Um, and I've noticed the same thing here too. Like if you know, I cut up uh, bell peppers. Every mm-hmm. week. And we eat those like chips. And we don't have potato chips. We don't have crackers. And it, it works out okay until you get like a big thing of hummus. And then it's just, you know, your diet's ruined. <laughs> but, 
but it's, it's not a bad way to go, right? Like you burn the bridges. It's like, okay, right. I don't have this option without some pain and some trouble. Yeah. Another thing is sharing your goals with others and having sort of an accountability partner or an accountability buddy. Accountability buddy. All right. So I was listening to Junior Developer Toolbox and they made a South Park reference. And then a little later on, Dave says something about accountability buddy. And he's like, I don't know where I got that from. And I'm like screaming at my car stereo system going, you heard that on South Park, like the last comment you just made. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, having uh, somebody to share your goal with, it makes a difference. Um, You know, if you've got a couple of people that are working out together, it usually works out better. You know, we had our martial arts training group and it was a recurring thing. You know, this podcast, having the discipline to record audio once a week. Basically, every week since... 2015. Wow, it's been that long. Yeah. We started recording in August of 2015 because we published our first episode in September. So, yeah, it's... I mean, we've been doing this for a while. I mean, and for quite a while there, we were working out together and it... Life kind of like you got... Yeah, I got busy and I got the new gig and all that stuff. You got injured and sick. I got injured and sick. And we just sort of... We had our own things, but we didn't get to work out together. Right. During the, those times, and it sort of fell apart to where now I've got, I work out at my apartment, you work out here. It's, it's separate, but I, I kind of miss that because you have someone driving you. And, you know, like with, with the podcast, with the martial arts, when we had the group that was getting together all the time, it was nice because it wasn't just me doing it. Yeah. And someone else would be disappointed if I didn't show up. Yeah. Or if you slacked off, you know, somebody's right. going to be like, dude, what are you doing? Yeah. Whereas, you know, hey, I can go lift out there right now. And if I go, I'm going to do 100 reps and I stop at 95, guess who knows? Just me. Because I could even write it down wrong. But somebody standing there with you makes a difference. Um, I mean, that's that's something you probably want to get. Now, it's also good to be able to do stuff on your own and get to the point where you can be disciplined. But it probably starts here instead of the other way around. Yeah, I mean, it, it really does because you you have that, I don't want to disappoint my friends. Yeah. I know, especially when we started out, there was a lot of times where it was late on a Wednesday night and I did not want to edit. Yep. This was back when it took me half a day, you know, six to eight hours just to edit an episode. And I'm like, it was late Wednesday night. I'm like, I just didn't want to finish. But I knew I would disappoint you, and I knew I'd disappoint myself as well Yeah, if I didn't. But the biggest driving force was, hey, I've got someone else relying on me. Right. Um, and that was really good, especially when, when we started. I was still rather depressed and still kind of getting over a lot of the issues that I had been going on in my life. Um, and so it was really helpful to have that, hey, there's someone else relying on me, whereas now... I want to get it done because you got other stuff to do. Well, I got other stuff to do, but for me, not just you. Yeah. And I think the other thing too, that you've done with this, that's, that's helped is getting the episode edited used to be the big goal of the week. And now it's like, this is the baseline. This is brushing your teeth. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like that's probably like, that's cause that's how I look at the emails I write every week. It's like, this is no, this is just the thing that, you know, this is not even the big thing. This is just, maintenance Mm -hmm. another thing you want to do is start is 
prep a pit of success. So we talked about getting, you know, like if you're doing the low carb thing, you get all the potato chips and the rice and all that stuff out of the house. Um, but the other thing you do is you replace them with stuff. Right. Like, like I said, I'm still craving something sweet. So I just don't buy cookies and candy, but instead I buy apples and bananas. Right. Because the other thing you don't want to do is be like, okay, I'm going to deprive myself of all the sweets, but I'm not going to replace it with something that's going to kind of take care of that. And what ends up happening? You go, I, you know, it's, it's nine 30, 10 o'clock at night. I want something sweet. There are no apples here. I could go to Kroger's and walk around with the crazy people that are in Kroger's at 10 o'clock on a weeknight, or I could hit Dairy Queen. And so you kind of set things up so that you don't fail that way. Yeah, see, I was thinking I could um, I could hit the gas station right down oh, the yeah, road. Oh, yeah, that's actually even closer, yeah. Yeah, because uh, I did that today. Like yeah. I, I stopped to pick up beer for tonight, and I was like, it hit me because I just started exercising more, and it's like, man, I'm really hungry. Yeah. And I, I don't want to go drink on an empty stomach. I should get something. I look around, there's a McDonald's. And a sushi place. I'm like, I don't have time to go get sushi and I don't want to go get McDonald's. There's a gas station. I'll run in there, see if they've got, you know, maybe some protein, some jerky or something. I walk yeah. in, they, they have some, a few healthy things. I mean, thankfully places are getting these now. Yeah. It's better than it used to be. It, it really is. But it would have been so easy. Like my first instinct was to walk up and buy a Snickers. Yeah. And so you don't want to set yourself up like that. And I'm doing this at work too. This is why I take, you know, I, I took meatloaf and I take snack food. I take, you know, like uh, things of string cheese mm-hmm. and I take the bell peppers and all that kind of stuff. I would take cans of sardines, but <laughs> that's not going to fly with yeah. some of those people there. Um, Cause that's like one of my favorite snack things is that, or the uh, little kipper snacks or like uh, smoked oysters or something along those lines, mm-hmm. totally good snack food and a fat enough, everything else. But, you can't crack those open in an office environment. It's just not going to fly. Along the same lines as preparing yourself for the pit of success is limiting the damage of a failure state. We've sort of already been talking about this where you don't have the bad things around you. Right. Make it hard for you to fail and easy for yourself to succeed. But also make it so that you know when you do fail, it's not as bad. Like, let's say that I, I know, hey, I'm probably going to crave carbs at some point during this week. Well, you know, instead of having certain carbs around, I could say, okay, well, what, what would what would probably get me by? And, okay, I'll, I'll keep sweet potatoes and I'll have a little bit of brown sugar with it. You know, like that's not going to just completely blow up your diet versus right. I'm going to have cookies sitting there. So, you, you, you do stuff to basically make it so that when you fail – you don't take the whole thing down. Exactly. And also, you want to make it so that you can recover from that failure easily. Right. So, you know, I'm reminded of addiction recovery or like, let's, let's take it a step back from that and just say trying to quit smoking or quit dipping. Yeah. We don't know anybody that's done that. Um, <laughs> you know, you're going to have times that you fail. Right. And you want to make it so that you don't go out and buy an entire roll. Right. So you've got like half of a can sitting there somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that that's kind of counterintuitive with a lot of this stuff, but but you need to understand that perfect discipline does not exist. Mm-hmm. And so have that there. And along those same lines is actually scheduling uh, a little bit of slack time and using it intentionally. I do this when I diet. 
or when I, you know, when I go back into my low carb part of the cycle, it's not really a diet. It's just a shift in the way I, mm-hmm. in the way I handle my life. And so from Friday night at sundown to Saturday morning at sunrise, I don't restrict my diet. I know that's usually when I enjoy hanging out with you. Right. Um, <laughs> and, you know, part of that is, is because you got all the social stuff and you're, you know, if you go to a house party, you know, they're not going to have low carb snacks. Like, what are you going to do? Eat like 40 chicken wings? Yeah. Because you know, it's going to be the one thing they have, right? Like, you, you can't really do that effectively. And you're going to look rude if you don't drink a beer or yeah. something like that. And so, it cu- you know, it cuts all the things out that can kind of undercut you and it's not bad enough to really mess you up. The other thing I've noticed, too, is if you do if you do give yourself slack time, like the first few times you'll overdo it because you've, you've been deprived. Now, obviously, this doesn't work like if it's a prescription drug addiction or something like that. Like, that's not what this is. You know, diet as an example, um, or exercise or finance. Yeah. Now this is, this is how I got, because I, you remember college. I, oh, yeah. you know, I, I got my paycheck and I spent it almost as soon as I got it. I had to learn how to, right. to do that. And what I would do is I would give myself in my budget a certain amount of money to just spend. Right. You know, some people call it mad money, whatever. It was my Oh, I'm at the bookstore. They, like most of the money went towards books because yeah. <laughs> I'm that kind of person. Well, I'm sitting in front of two shelves of me making the same kind of decisions. Yeah. But most of it went towards books. I, I honestly can say I'm one of the few people who have ever gotten in trouble as a child for spending too much money on books. Yep. Because I would spend my entire allowance on books. But that's what I did. I I gave myself... In my budget, I said, hey, here is this amount of money that is just for whatever I want to do. If I want to go spend it at the movie theater, I will. If I want to go buy books with it, I will. You know, whatever comes up this week, this is my extra just spending money Yeah, that I expect to spend this week. Yeah, and you kind of give yourself slack. Um, I used to do this when I was you know, doing low carb. I don't do it as much now. And I probably should look at doing this again. But what I would do is on Saturdays, which was my day off, I would go to like, uh, I'd go to Waffle House and I'd order the biggest meal they had. And every time they said, do you want this or this? I'd say yes. Yeah. And then I would eat all that. And what that ended up doing is one, it killed the cravings. Um, But the other thing it did is that it felt really, really gross after having been so disciplined. And so... Like after two or three weeks of that, I was thinking, you know, I'll go to Waffle House. No, I don't want to go to Waffle House. That make you know, that this makes me feel sick. And you know, then it's like, okay, you go to a burger joint and you're not eating a pile of waffles with syrup. You know, and then it eventually tapers down to where you're like, oh yeah, I'll have something with like a piece of bread. Well, what's interesting and kind of wrapping this back to programming is we talked about this concept in extreme programming in the class that I took recently about Slack. And it was how to effectively use your downtime. Right. But it also went around the, hey, you've got all these, this technical debt, this like internal technical debt that's not related to building your specific application, but it's like, oh, hey, we need to integrate it with this other thing. We don't really have, that's not really part of the application, but, you know, we've got this technical debt that's built up. Or these changes have been made that we need to integrate into it. And so it was like, oh, hey, I've got all this stuff built up that I need that is stressing me out because I need to do them, but I don't have time in the regular process. Well, 
it was about, hey, take some of your downtime. You know, when, hey, we're waiting on QA to go through things or something like that. And, you know, or we, we, it didn't take as long to build the stuff that we thought it was going to. We've got an extra half day or something. Grab one of those things off of that, that stack of things to do and do it then to use that time effectively. This is kind of the same concept. Yeah. It's, it's not just, it doesn't necessarily have to be your time off, right? It could be, hey, I work out three days a week or, you know, I lift three days a week and I, I run, you know, three days a week. And on the seventh day, I do something else. I go hike. Yeah. Because I don't want to do the work. I don't want to be in the gym just to break the monotony. I mean, it doesn't have to be necessarily something not positive, but you need to have that slack time mm-hmm. to not be you know locked into monotony. And sometimes you, you need the, the time. Like another thing I think of is what I talked about um, binge watching Netflix. Yeah. I needed, I needed the mental break and that's how it started. It started as, Hey, I need a mental break. My friends have been telling me about this show. Let me watch it. All of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and then like eight hours later, I'm like, Oh, well, I guess I needed, I didn't realize how much time had passed. Like I didn't eat lunch that day because I just sat and watched the show. I did not realize I was that stressed out until I was able to decompress using that. Part of this is you need to start planning the next step before you're completely done with the one you're on. Right. That way you don't get to the end and go, okay, I've hit my goal. And now what? And now I've got to suddenly decide what I'm going to do. And oh, by the way, I'm not moving. Right. Because you'll get used to not moving. Well, this is why, I mean, going back to being a certified Scrum developer now, I think in terms of Scrum, but this is why you have a backlog refinement during your sprint. Right. Because you're you're preparing, you're refining the stories that at the end of this sprint, you're going to grab and take for the next one. Well, and you're also getting crap out of the way that may have latency, right? Like you do right. the backlog refinement, and you go, oh, hey, we need more information on this. So I go ahead and send an email, and hopefully by the time that's back, I'm done and I can go on. Oh, versus yeah. finding out, oh, I'm waiting three days for this thing because, you know, Joe Blow is on vacation. Oh, yeah. Well, we just recently found out we're going to have to do a little bit of restructuring because of a uh, misunderstanding of how things, of how the business wants to use the application we're building. So we have one story that I was looking at today and I sent our business analyst, product owner, a Slack message that said, hey, I can do this story, but we're just going to have to put in another story to change it when we make these other changes. Or we can make the, these other changes and put this story aside and do it in the next sprint. Yeah. And she's looking into it and going to get back to me. But it, it that is exactly what that is. Um, also, you need to keep a careful log of what you are doing. Yeah. And I do this um, basically monthly with everything. Right? Like I've got like a little, basically just a set of text files that I go back and I look at. And I mean, I could, I've got stuff all the way back to, you know, when you were dealing with depression and all that stuff. And just like, you know, Beach is always late and I'm trying to figure out how to deal with this and he's not got his stuff together. And it's, it's all this stuff now that I look, I look back on it. It's kind of humorous because it's just not the issue now. <laughs> no, no, this now it's like, I've got all my stuff done and um, I get a message from you. Hey, work needed me. So I didn't get to finish up what I, the outline I was working on this weekend. Well, and the thing is, is like, we were both, <laughs> You know, like I, I sent you a message today and I was like, you know, I'm, I'm running late and you, you know, we still were here before the normal time and then we're looking around and we started. 
about yeah. the time we normally start. Yeah, we did. It was. I mean, it's just like, why did we even say anything? Yeah, you sent me a message. Hey, I'm running late. I'm like, all right, I'll do another lap. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> so I was out walking my dog. And uh, but it, you know, if you don't keep a log, you don't know that. Yeah. You know, you don't realize you know how stuff has changed, and you can't look back on that and get a retrospective. So definitely keep a log because it will help you as you go into further and further steps to go be able to look back and go how far you've gone. Mm-hmm. So we kind of talked about failing and trying to mitigate that. Now we're going to talk about what to do when you do start failing. Yeah, because you will. Failing is a normal part of the whole thing. Um, it's not a personal failing. You know, like if you know, like if you're dieting, for instance, and you go, "Hey, I'm I'm going to have like three bowls of ice cream." You know, yeah, you shouldn't do that, but it's kind of a normal human reaction, mm-hmm. and it it is part of the deal. It's it, you know, really, if you're at the point where you're you're suddenly having those cravings, that means that you're doing the right stuff. Like you're you're on the right the right course, and you'll end up at some level kind of wanting to blow the whole thing up. That's it's actually kind of normal yeah. to want that. I, I mean, you you get to that point where you're like, you get really, really frustrated. Yeah. And you just want to quit and walk away. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is, this is true of every big life goal. I mean, I can remember, good grief, senior year of college when I had like a semester left and I just wanted to quit. Yeah. And, you know, like that is completely normal. It's uh, you've got all the pressure You've got this big endpoint coming up, and you probably don't really have a plan for dealing with it. That's part of the reason we said, hey, have your next goal lined up, is because when you see a goal approaching and you don't have a plan after that, that's when self-sabotage will kick in for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes you just blow it up. Yeah. And you you end things. My ex-wife did that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you want to try to focus your failures into a single aspect of the greater whole. Right. So, you know, if your big goal is to be healthy and you're just you're dealing with a lot of all right, I'm going to fail somewhere, then focus it into one area. Fail either in I'm going to fail on my dieting or fail on my eating healthy or fail on your workout. Fail on my workout, you know. Don't do both. Yeah. In other words, you can concentrate the damage because what happens? Well, like this is a temporary uh, cessation of willpower, mm-hmm. right? So if you go, okay, well, I'm going to screw up and I'm going to eat a bowl of ice cream, but I'm still going to lift. That's probably not going to, you know, over the long term, that's such a little blip. It's not going to matter. But if you go, ah, I'm going to eat a bowl of ice cream and I'm not going to lift and I'm going to stay up late watching uh. TV and I'm not going to cook for tomorrow. Now you got a real problem because now you're starting a downward spiral. Right. You... You want to mitigate the failure, but part of that is focusing it. And take notes of the events. Like we talked before about keeping a log of what's good, but take notes on what happens. If you're logging as you're going along, then you'll be able to see what led up to the failure. Right. So, for instance, um, just looking at myself, one thing that I can tell that will cause me to binge eat is when I don't sleep enough. It doesn't do it the next day. It does it about three days out. Mm-hmm. Two to three days out. You know, if I don't get enough sleep, there'll be one day there that like I cannot get full. I mean, it's just like clockwork. And so I know, okay, if if I'm watching all this stuff, at some point I go, okay, I've got to get my sleep right. Because if I screw that up, it's going to start a chain reaction. Well, it's like um, for a long time, I used to leave here. And the only time I ever ate fast food was after recording. Yeah. And I would go straight over to McDonald's. Because that's the only thing that was there. Yeah. 
And, it's, and now there's three or four other unhealthy choices. <laughs> but this was this was when I lived further away, and I was like, I didn't have time to, to go eat. To, yeah. So I just stop at McDonald's, grab some food, and drive an hour and a half. And it it was a, a pattern that I'd gotten myself into. But I mitigated that by keeping it to just Monday nights. The thing is, I started looking forward to Monday nights. To Monday nights because I got to it. It almost became a cheat night, right? Because I drank and I got my McDonald's and and that stuff. But I it and you know it really helped the podcast out because I, I started looking forward to coming over for that. So yeah. you know sometimes you can mitigate it to help other goals. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, you know, in addition to taking the notes, um, once you've recovered from a failure, start looking at changing your processes to avoid the stimuli that caused that problem. Um, I know people that, you know, like, for instance, with my sleep thing, that's something I've, I've tried to fix. And I'm still trying to fix this year because I realized that I probably would get ahead further faster by fixing my sleep than I would by dieting. That um, makes perfect sense from your perspective. Right. Because, I mean, that's that's where I am now. Like, I'm not obese or anything. You know, it's, mm-hmm. you know, the the gains I can get from tightening the screws on my diet are not as quick as what I could get from just not being an idiot about the way I sleep. I would say not as quick and not as lasting. Right. Because I think you get more from your sleep and your meditation. Yeah. Just from talking to Kathleen about it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. From, She's been on me about the meditation. <laughs> along these same lines... You need to reflect on what's happened. It's really great, especially if you have accountability buddies or accountability partners, or even just a group of people working towards similar goals that you can get together with and talk about it. That's something that we talk about a lot at our socials is people say, oh yeah, I was working towards this or I'm working on this and I hit this snag. And then someone else comes along and says, oh, yeah, I remember when I was doing that a year ago and I hit the same thing and this is how I got through it. You'd be amazed how many times people come up with, oh, yeah, I've been there or I've had something similar happen. Or, you know, I remember when I had a lot of trouble with this thing, yeah, with this or that or, you know, whatever. And they can tell you what they did. Sometimes just hearing that someone else dealt with it is helpful. And sometimes what they did actually helps you. Right. Not always, you know, we're all individual and, you know, what works for Will doesn't exactly work for me because I need less sleep than him. Right. (laughs) And you stay out, you're a night owl too, which is another thing. Yeah. So we talked about recovering from failing or recovering or dealing with failure, but let's talk a little bit about success because this is a place that a lot of people don't realize, um, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of danger here. Now, you've got to be able to recover from success. Yeah. The hardest part of achieving your goals is right after them, especially when you have similar goals that don't feed into a logical next step. Right. Um, you'll see this with, with people doing yo-yo dieting. Uh, yeah. You'll see this with people going, um, you know, they'll go to school for something. They, they come out with an advanced degree or whatever. And then what? And a lot of people jump out of that and they go, well, I don't want to go into the workforce. And they haven't been thinking about going into the workforce. So what do they do? They go back into academia. Yeah. That's why you get people going in and getting a master's or an MBA or even going on and getting their PhD. Yeah. And it's, it's not to say that those things aren't valuable. 
but you do have people that, that stay in longer than they probably should, or they stay in longer than they would have. And so you, you want to have something you can do after you succeed that has continuity, but isn't necessarily the same thing. Um, there's, there's a great deal of value in having some kind of victory celebration. You know, there needs to be a line of demarcation between the previous state and the current state, whatever that is. That's why we have graduation. That's why you have rites of passage. This is part of the whole human story thing is you have a point where something happens. And after that point, the thing is changed. Yeah. Except we're starting to get to where like, they're, they're getting a little dumb with it because well, like when you and when you and I, well, not so much with us, but with our younger siblings, you had the the participation award and the award for everything. Yeah. And now Junior it's got graduation and yeah, kindergarten graduation. I was like, now it's gotten to where like you graduate from everything. Yeah. Which means you graduate from nothing. Right. Um, but you should have some kind of, you know, if it's a big goal, you mm-hmm. should have a line of demarcation there that goes, okay, now that I can do. You know, now that I can lift 300 pounds off the floor, I'm going to start doing old-time strongman stuff. I mean, I used to throw parties. Yeah. Remember back before I went to med school, I would set a goal, and when I reached that, there would be a big party at the end. Yep. And we had a lot of fun. People loved coming to my parties because it was it was a celebration. Yeah, and you were happy. Right. You weren't going, oh, man, they're going to wipe out my liquor cabinet. You're like, no, this is the end goal. Like, was for them to be able to do that. Yeah. Because I, you know- the plus side was has already been achieved. And so you do want to kind of have that, but you don't want to overdo it. Like mm-hmm. it needs to vary with the size of the goal. Well, yeah, this, this goes along with your interim rewards. They don't need to negate your goals or go against them. Your celebration at the end needs to go along with your goal. Yeah. Now it can be like, oh, hey, my big goal is I'm going to drop a pant size. And that's one of my goals for the year. Yeah. When I reach that, we may all go out to Dave and Buster's. Right. And, you know, I'll have a big meal with my friends, but then I'll also go run around and play games and do a lot of physical activity and kind of burn that off. So it, it balances there. Yeah. And of course, the next step is you start on the next step immediately. So, right. the, you know, the next day, um, you know, you're going to go back to, you know, running and lifting and whatever else you were doing to continue losing weight. Um, another thing with a victory celebration thing that you can do as well is that victory celebration can be something that's not necessarily a party. You can be like, Hey, when I lose a pant size, I'm going to buy new pants. Oh dude, I I have a whole set of clothing items that I'm going to buy. Yeah. Once you lose the weight. Yeah. Like I, I, there are certain things and and the way I dress now is only because it's what I've got left that hasn't been like degraded over time because it's the clothes that I wouldn't normally wear. So once I get down to my ideal weight and size, I will have a whole new wardrobe. One, because some of the things that I can no longer fit into, I will be able to fit into again. But also, part of that victory celebration and reward is buying that. Yeah. Now, I've, I've got one thing. I really want one of those biker leather jackets that kind of zips at an angle. I've always wanted one of those. I'm going to buy one. Always wanted a Predator's jersey. I'm going to buy myself one. It's just just goals that I have. The final thing, of course, is to talk to your accountability partners about it. Tell them what you're doing next along with the timeline. So it's not just, hey, I'm going to start on the next goal. It's, hey, buddy, here's what I'm doing after this. Here's the next thing I'm doing. You know, I was successful. Here's here's the timeline I'm going to do it on. You know, like have all that stuff together because that will help you maintain continuity, keep that momentum going because momentum is really hard to build up. And so you want to maintain it as you go forward. When trying to better yourself in some way, 
It can be tempting to pick up a book on the subject and start making changes, but usually that's not sustainable and a lot of times not an effective way to go about it. Instead, you need to structure things so that you can be successful from the outset, even with the inadequacy of the average self-help book. In addition, you need to have a holistic approach to self-improvement that makes certain that changes are both permanent and useful in achieving real goals. That pretty much wraps us up. Before we close everything out, Will, what do you have for us this week for Tricks of the Trade? I want to point something out, um, and this, this is something I see a lot in tech, and that is chasing of bad goals or goals that do not provide value. Um, and I'll give an example for this is JavaScript framework updates. A lot of developers are really, really unhappy if they're using an old JavaScript framework. You know, oh, I'm using Angular 2. I'm such a plebe, right? Because I should be using I should be using 5. We're using JS at work. Yeah. Um, come on. <laughs> I'm using Knockout. <laughs> okay. I just we just got there. But you'll you'll see a lot of developers, you know, they get irritated by that. And they're like, oh, we need to upgrade. Well, what's what's the point of the upgrade? Like when you're talking to management and you're going, we need to upgrade to a newer version of Angular. Why? And it's it's still disturbing to me how frequently I hear developers come out and go, oh, we just need to. It's better. It's easier. Why is it better? And why is it easier? The guy that's paying your salary doesn't care that it makes your job easier unless you can say, okay, it'll make us more productive. And you probably have to quantify what that is because it's like, oh, we'll be more productive so we can only work two hours a day instead of four. That's like when I was trying to explain why I wanted to take some time to learn about Automapper. When I told my boss, hey, I spend at least five or six hours per week building these mappings and I can do it in two lines of code, maybe four or five if I have to do something special. And then she said, oh, you want to take two days to learn how to do that and you're going to teach everyone else? And I was like, yes, my goal is so that we don't ever have to do this boring stuff again and it saves everyone hours of time. She said, oh, yes, that means I can get more work from my employees, more effective work. Right. And, and your employees are time. happier. Right. Um, and I've seen this too. You know, I know another developer and you, you and I both know this guy and he went to the top management and wanted to be able to work from home two days a week. Well, his justification was, is, well, that'll let us take the kid out of daycare those two days. That doesn't work, okay? Because it's it's like, okay, so you want me to pay you to babysit your kid. Well, that's like that. That's basically telling management that no, you don't want to ever let this person work from home. Like you need to think about your decisions like that. In other words, you know, just circling back around, have a a reason why that is actually valuable. That's all I got. If you have a question or comment, please email us at neckbeards at completedeveloperpodcast.com. Our theme music is an excerpt from Standby for Titanfall by Pure Bells, available on SoundCloud and licensed through Creative Commons. The intro music for IOTs is Hillbilly Hip Hop by Jason Belcher. For references, show notes, and to sign up for weekly emails with extra tips and insights, be sure to check out the website at completedeveloperpodcast.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at CompleteDevPod and like our page on Facebook to keep up with news about the show. Look for us each week on Facebook Live before we record each episode. Thanks for listening. See you next time.